From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Uh, it's just a few clicks away from seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. I want to open with a comment about Trevor Reed, U.S. Marine. And I have heard countless people in the media over the past 12 hours or so say former Marine. That's not the highlight of my comments, but I want to comment that you're never a former Marine, once a Marine, always a Marine. It's it's one of the just sloppy mistakes that ill-informed members of the media make and they they seem to all do it it's just one of those things it's not even the same universe but when i see intelligent people put stuff together first annual you know hot dog eating contest or first annual whatever uh 3.1 mile 5k run no such thing as first annual it is inaugural then if you have it again, then it is second annual, third annual. For example, the uh, 15th annual Hurley in the Morning Golf Open set for June 24th at Linwood Country Club. We are so thrilled with the relationship that we've established with the Doherty family. Uh, they've been great to us, our event, and they, they're just wonderful to work with. But that's the 15th annual uh, the first one, and we have the T-shirts to prove it, and the matchbook covers and few of the things. It's interesting to look at the progression that's happened even with the uh, swag in the gift bag. The difference between the inaugural and later versions of the event. So we're excited. We have, um, honestly, I, I don't want to say without even trying because we do try. But we have 28 foursomes already, and we're going to close it out at 31. We're in good shape. Now, now, let me check that. We're in great shape. All right, let me comment about Trevor Reed. Trevor Reed's parents, they haven't seen him yet in person, but they did see him on video. And they were concerned. They say he looks thin. They say he looks, quote, not well. They said he was walking very oddly. And I will say this sight unseen. I assure you that we took much better care of the Russian that we sent back home in this swap. We just seem to always take it that they can mistreat our people. This, this Brittany Griner being held prisoner in Russia, the basketball player, it's a disgrace. She shouldn't have had whatever she had uh, in her suitcase. But come on. So she needs to be brought home. And it needs to be worked out. But we'll get a good look. I would think maybe today, evidently, allegedly, 
And again, I'm basing it off of certain media reports. Evidently, he'll need medical attention of some kind. I guess what I'm saying to you is I don't think that Russia took very good care. And again, if if there was any fear, but there's not, of this paper tiger administration that we have, you got to work this kind of thing. You got to go see him. You've got to send people to Russia, official United States personnel. And then if something's not looking right, you drop the hammer. Who would, what would General Eisenhower say? You drop the hammer on these sons of bitches, quote unquote, said General Eisenhower. General, um, you want us to film all this? Uh, yes, I do. Why? Because some son of a bitch, quote, is going to come along and say it never happened. That was Eisenhower's response to filming every single thing that they could. If you want to know why it's so well documented, the Holocaust, you have general future President Eisenhower to thank for it. Because the it, it, it's the difference between greatness and mediocrity. The average person would think this is so horrific. We, we want to forget about it. We just don't, we, we, you don't want to memorialize this. Don't take any video. Don't take any still photography. We, we don't want to have any reminder of this. Just the opposite. Hence also the expression, never forget. That's how bad wins when good either idly sits back and does nothing or good forgets. And that's the painful lesson. Look, I think that much has been forgotten. I blame the media for a lot of it. Uh, they were very corrupt. They did not like America when we were united. And then they did everything they could since September 11th, 2001, to divide America. I made a comment. I know I knew I was right then. And shockingly, now it's over 21 years later and it's been proven true. And I said at the time, we will never, ever, I told people, enjoy it. I don't know how long it's going to last. But I assure you, this is the last time that we will ever be united. The Democrats despised how united America was. President George W. Bush with a 90% job approval rating. Only 10% fringe whack jobs were not supporting him at that time. And Democrats started whispering, when will it be okay to criticize President Bush? They couldn't stand it. And then the media said, oh, we're not, we can't show you 9-11 because it's too disturbing. They, they made the calculation of what we were allowed to see. Do you notice they never show it? They never talk about it except on September 11th itself. And like the Kennedy assassination, with each passing year, there will be less and less coverage. 
because they set about a plan to brainwash, to to make the American people forget. In some cases, absence does not make the heart grow fonder. Absence makes you forget. And be real. You know it. We're not in the mindset that we were September 11th, 2001. Some of it I understand. It's human nature. The further something is in the rearview mirror, once you can't see something, you just you don't have that same feel. But I so vividly remember saying that out of the, the worst terrorist attack in the history of America, how beautiful it was, how Americans came back together. People who perhaps the day before would just let a door fly right in your face, held it open. People were displaying flags. Who did I interview yesterday? It was a pretty interesting comment on the Brian Kilmeade show. Somebody brought up about Republicans. No, no, no. It was actually on, on the Hurley in the Morning program about Republicans display the flag. That if you see a flagpole, it's probably a Republican. What is that? What, what is wrong? But I think that's right. We have flown a flag for well more than 20 years. Flagpole, the whole deal. It's beautiful. I love it. In fact, the hero, Mike Heath, put it in place. It's amazing with the weather that we get, the wind and everything. But he sunk it with concrete. He did it properly. If Hero, if you're listening, thank you. And it still flies high and proud and straight, which is pretty amazing for decades. But if that fell down, and it did twice in my lifetime, it goes right back up. And yet, there's just something that happened. You know, I go, I'm, I'm not in search. I just seem to be able to do it. I seem to be able to find the demarcation lines where things change. O.J. Simpson, for example, forever changed television. Before that, you never had every single channel tuned into a trial nonstop and 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 then just obsessing then when that's over the next one and so on you never had that before it's break time we've got to jump 17 minutes past the hour it's the hurley in the morning program on wpg talk radio 95.5 south jersey's talk station open forum at seven john zarek at eight joanne daly will be a game time decision she may have a scheduling conflict but i think she's going to make it and we'll talk about real estate which really seems like it's been more than a month but it hasn't i think last month there were five thursdays and let me double check that that's easy enough for me to do uh let's see yes there were five thursdays in march and joanne was with us on the 31st and now back if all goes well on the 28th not even a full, what is it, 29 or 30 days, whatever it is. 
And a lot seems to have changed. Obviously, interest rates are up. We'll get a take on what's going on in real estate coming up in hour number four. But a lot to do before then. Let's keep it going. Back in a few. Fox News commentary. I'm Jimmy Fallon, and I'll tell you why the Democrats aren't moving the needle. Next. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation's 9-11 Never Forget Mobile Exhibit is a tribute to all who lost their lives on September 11, 2001. Or from 9-11-related illnesses, this high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer transforms into an 1,100-square-foot exhibit, a tool to educate people about 9-11. Visit it in a city near you and join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. So the bad news is Vice President Kamala Harris has COVID. The good news is this is the first positive result of her tenure. Now, to be clear, I wish Kamala the best of health. Although it is a little silly that she just got COVID after telling us we all had to get vaccinated because the Bible tells us to love thy neighbor. Now, it makes sense that Kamala would quote Jesus, if only because she, too, has about 12 followers at this point. But as for loving thy neighbor, getting vaxxed has nothing to do with our neighbors because vaccinated people are getting and spreading COVID all the time. But like Kamala, every big-name Democrat who got COVID, Obama, Hillary, Elizabeth Warren, they all release a statement saying they have COVID, but they're grateful to be vaccinated and boosted and encourage everyone to do the same. This has to be the dumbest public relations move I've ever seen. They're pushing the vaccine by reminding you it didn't work. This is like me saying, my wife and I are expecting a baby. Thank God we used a condom or she'd be even more pregnant. Point being, if this is the Democratic strategy to push vaccines, they don't have a shot. I'm Jimmy. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 24 minutes past the hour. Could you be much more unlikable than Alejandro Mayorkas? If it's humanly possible, that would be amazing to find. I find this guy unlikable, which is a big problem in public service. If you are likable, you can almost get away with anything. People be like, oh, my God, I don't like the policies, but he's so likable. If you are unlikable, it almost doesn't matter, the policies. Now, he said a couple of whoppers. As you know, we had a very busy day yesterday doing this program, doing Brian's program. But I still found time to do some homework. And I looked at this man's testimony under oath. And he if if. Lying would make you burst into flames. I mean, he should have been in Hades. It, it, it was it was incredible. The two biggest whoppers. Number one, he said how well protected the border is. I think he said it's never been more well protected, which I mean, that that just that's maddening. This this administration lies about everything it's it's remarkable how dishonest they are and then he announced the creation and he will head it up of a misinformation department he's the misinformation department we need a misinformation department to counter him And yet he's calling out that there's misinformation. No, there's not. The statistics are terrible. People are dying. Horrific people are getting into the country. 
Did you happen to catch Jen Psaki? I did. It was uh, later in the day. So I was able to see it. When the question was brought up, I want to say, I can't think of her name now. Jackie Heinrich. I think it was Jackie Heinrich from the Fox News Channel. But one, no, it may not have been come to think of it. I'm going to take that back. She asked great questions, but it wasn't her on this one. It was actually someone from a liberal network. But anyhow, brought up about the uh, the Texas soldier who died. And she showed such cold, callous. Her response was to remind the reporters that this was a Texas National Guardsman. She made that seem like it was wrong that Texas, like like they're wrong, this guy wouldn't have died because they shouldn't even have been doing what they were doing. But meanwhile, the federal government is not doing its job. So they have to because they have people on the border. They can't even, they can't even feel safe anymore. It's so bad. Representative Pat Fallon told Mayorkas that he's either ignorant or stupid. Quote, unquote. You are either completely ignorant of the facts on the ground or stupid. Quote, if Mayorkas says that he can't predict it, allow me to do so for him. It is not a crisis at the southern border right now. It's a catastrophe, and it's going to soon reach cataclysmic proportions. Sounds like me. I like all these words. I use catastrophe. Quote, what we should be doing is using Title 42 as a tool to help secure the border, but also reinstitute fully former President Donald Trump's wait in Mexico policy that worked and did wonders. Fallon went on to say, quote, but we should be building the wall. The wall will have gates. We're still going to have legal migrants come to this country and we need other barriers as well. We need to deport criminals. I mean, this guy is just spot on. He added, finally, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to think our Homeland Security director stupid. So I'm wondering why he's obfuscating because he also said in a hot mic, John, after about a month after he said the border was secure, that the border was chaos. So which one is it, Secretary Mayorkas? Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. When we come back, I'm going to share with you something that only 2% of the American people agree with. 2%. The other 98%, not so much. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley. It's exactly 30 minutes past the hour. Three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app or the website. Fishhead Seafood Restaurant. We just filed this a few hours ago. 
gets the nasty Stockton University treatment from Atlantic City in that tiny, tiny, small administration. 13 things you may not know about Stockton University. That was fun. And Atlantic City and Galloway Police Departments are partnering with Atlantic Care on Take Back Day. Check it out. From the Townsport, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. It is pretty chilly out there this morning. Inland areas have fallen into the 30s to start the day. Highs today only reaching about 57 degrees, still hovering about 10 degrees below normal for late April. We'll see mostly sunny skies and completely dry weather. Potentially frosty again tonight. Clear skies, chilly breeze, low of 35. And tomorrow will be sunny and breezy and a little bit warmer, high 62. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Hi, my name's Joe Cordell. Some early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 36 minutes past the hour. Uh, early in the morning here with you on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Only 2% of the American people consider joe biden's economy excellent and let's give that let's give that a a, a, just a little bit of thought who could they possibly be do you ever wonder when you when you witness such an outlier no one in their right mind if you say this economy is excellent you should be institutionalized you're a danger to yourself probably possibly society as well but this is the level of dishonesty there are people that will just flat out lie the survey was conducted between april 1 and april 19th uh that's a long it's a long survey you don't see something like that very often four in five u.s adults currently rate our economic conditions in america as poor 42 percent fair 38 percent 18 percent say good you are like knocking on the door of institutionalized because it's not good i won't argue with someone that says the economy is fair i'm not going to argue with that i i don't agree with it in fact, I strongly disagree with it, but but I will not call for your institutionalized um, situation. I won't call for that. But I disagree with you. It's not fair. It's quite unfair. It's poor. I would say very poor. Furthermore, 76% of Americans say that our economy is getting worse this is this i'm getting to the the one flew over the cuckoo's nest portion of the survey 20 percent say it is improving and there's three percent that say it's staying the same i don't agree with you but again i won't i won't call you out but the 20 percent that say that it's improving what metrics what objective Finding what data, what do you have to support that things are improving? That the, that the stock market is plunging? 
let me check my um I usually look every day and yesterday was just really whew, breathtaking. Let me go to my stocks. The Dow was up good, 61.75 yesterday, but remember I play by the Chuck Malamut doctrine where you don't you don't sweat one day, you don't overemphasize one day, but it was just day after day after day. Big one day the S&P was down 4%, 4 point some percent. Uh, S&P was up, which is good, 8.76. And let me go to the third indice. Hold on. I don't know what happened, but they used to be right in a row. And now the first two are at the top. And the NASDAQ is all the way at the bottom. NASDAQ was slightly down at 1.81. But there's just no evidence that things are getting better. There's a whole lot of evidence that things are getting worse. Economic Confidence Index is at minus 39. To give you an idea, during the Great Recession in October of 2008, and I remember it well, I'm sure you do also, the what's called ECI, Economic Confidence Index, was at minus 72. We have been in negative ECI territory since July of 2021. We've watched the inflation rate climb to levels we have not seen in 41 years. Everybody has felt the effect. And not just the the rise of inflation, but the... Um, the fact that the public is increasingly becoming worried and pessimistic, the high energy costs. This was a Gallup poll, by the way. I didn't tell you in the beginning I meant to. Let's get our final break in. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what Congressman Chip Roy had to say about a certain fifth grade segregation experiment i'll tell you what i I think it's incumbent upon you pay attention not just here in our area or our state but there there is a lot of very troubling things going on in public schools around this country i'll give you an example when we come back in just a little bit open forum coming up at seven John Zarek at 8, game time decision, but I believe that Joanne is ready to go. Joanne Daly, REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 48 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. He received no reply from his initial inquiry. I'm speaking about Congressman Chip Roy of Texas. He's demanding answers for a second time from a school district about a segregation experiment and a documentary that showed graphic images of dead children to fifth graders. 
sidebar, we really need I, – and I do believe that the midterm election is gonna, going to be a lot about this. It's going to be very Commonwealth of Virginia-esque. If Terry McAwful doesn't say parents have no rights about what's happening with your children in the classrooms, did, did you hear yesterday the, the incoherent president say he's talking to teachers that the children are theirs? They belong to you, he said. They don't they don't belong to their parents. They belong to you. They, no, they just come to see you and you're supposed to teach them. They don't belong to you, that's for sure. But they, we we've gotta get a handle on where they're 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 purposely indoctrinating little children. What would you be showing images of dead children to fifth graders? What would you be doing that for? The congressman has received no reply to his March 17th letter. This is also the level of arrogance. The letter was addressed. We have a copy of it. Anybody wants it, I'm happy to send it to you. Uh, The letter was addressed to Northside Independent School District Superintendent Brian Woods Congressman Roy demanded a response over, quote, the racial social experiment on fifth grade students without parental consent. This is taking place, according to Congressman Roy, at the Leon Springs Elementary School in San Antonio, Texas. Parents Brandy and Mike Lininger said that some students were shown a documentary called, quote, Four Little Girls, which features graphic images of dead black children from the 1963 Alabama church bombing committed by the Ku Klux Klan. Quote, our daughter, being one of the ones who had a very difficult time with this, was afraid to sleep in her own bed and had to sleep in bed with us, Brandy Lininger said, adding that her daughter cried herself to sleep at night after seeing the film. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Let's see. I guess you're about 11 years old in fifth grade. 11 years old. And, And this is what they're doing. In the classroom experiment, let me get to that. Dark-haired students were more privileged, while others were deemed not as intelligent and were made to clean up after the other children, and they were issued games with missing pieces so they could not play properly. What are we doing this kind of thing for? There's no, there's no lesson to be learned by this kind of I'm not even going to call it reenactment, this this kind of of indoctrination. Why would you even get into an experiment where you're telling some of the students that they're more privileged than others and that some are smarter than others? But you understand this is on purpose. That was a lesson plan. I mean, they that was premeditated. They knew they knew that they were going to do that. Quote, 
as superintendent, you have an obligation to inform parents about what steps you are taking to ensure that this will not happen again. It is imperative you address these concerns immediately. But keep in mind, I mean, unless a teacher went totally rogue, they have a lesson plan. The superintendent approved it. And then through principals, vice principals and whatever, they they work these lesson plans. And sometimes Tom Hand would tell you about this. Sometimes Dennis Kelly would walk into a classroom and just sit and observe and just to make sure the teachers were teaching to the lesson plan. So I have to believe no one's saying this is a rogue teacher that just pulled out this this crazy cockamamie scheme on their own. So the superintendent can act like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. Uh, he's looking into his own decisions. Speaking of Tom Hand. A hand for Tom Hand. Thank you very much, Harry. You're correct. Every time I do a classroom observation, or I, when I did classroom observations, one of the things is I had the, I had the lesson plan, and then when we do the post-observation conference, I would discuss with you, did you meet the goals of the plan? What could have been, what did you do really well? What could have been getting better there? And rogue teachers are, are very, very rare. And so something really should be done because what happens, all education is also age appropriate there. So why this? Not hey, by the way, Tom, what are you as an educator, a lifelong educator? What goes through your mind when you hear and this is not speculation. This congressman knows it for a fact. Parents have, you know, demonstrated that it happened. What do you think of teaching ten and eleven year olds, um, showing them the images of da- of dead children, and then having a a lesson um, experiment where you say, okay, you have dark hair, you are more privileged, uh, you are stupid, you are intelligent, you're going to clean up. Uh, what do you think of that kind of teaching? It, it, it's totally inappropriate. Like you said, you know, the principal should look into it. And if it is part of the curriculum, because the Board of Education, you know, know as a board member, and I've been a past board member, you know, the board approves curriculum there. So it really has to be looked into. You know, there, there possibly could be somebody that's, that's totally off the tracks. And if that's the case, then, you know, the principal and the superintendent and the board have an obligation to um, look into this. Yeah, and Tom, by the way, I'm with you on that a thousand percent. If it is a rogue teacher, now I only put that out as a, a, a possibility. There's no suggestion that it's a rogue teacher. This appears to be the approved curriculum. I mean, so, and, you know, for my other job as a therapist, you know, you can really um, hurt children's psyche. Yes, they are very resilient and kids come out from incredible bad environments there. But one of the things that they come to the school is we're supposed to um, nurture kids. They're supposed to feel protected. And so they come and they get lessons that, that attack them and, and make them fearful. It, it's just really bad. Agreed. But what I'm calling about yeah. is, is cause I'm going to be at the meeting at 7 o'clock, so I can't call for your open forum. Maybe someone will come in to discuss. The president, according to the news, yesterday is really considering using executive action to um, cancel student debt. Um, you know, <clears throat> I'm so appalled and against that there. I mean, you and I are close. I would never expect you to pay for 
my kids college i don't want to pay for your kids college when when this debt is erased the government's going to pay for it so if the government's paying for it you and i are paying for it um it, it is just so wrong that we would in my opinion it is so wrong that we would ask other people to pay student college debt it, it's a debt that they choose to to incur because they, they want to go to school a lot of this debt comes from private schools and not state schools there in my opinion it is just so wrong to think of anybody to ask anybody else to pay for my my kids debt or my debt and to forgive it there i mean i give monthly to um tunnels to towers i give to saint jude i, I give to your various um or you know things that come up mm-hmm. there but that's my choice if it becomes that the government's going to cancel the debt and then it, it's not a choice of who i want to give my money to they're taking it out of my taxes it it's really get got me upset and i think it's so unfair i'm glad you brought this up tom and for those who don't know there's two scenarios that they're floating ten thousand dollar forgiveness which really for most people doesn't even put a dent into your college debt so that to me that's just window dressing the other is fifty thousand uh and you are talking about millions of borrowers it would be hundreds many hundreds of billions uh cost so tom is exactly right the word forgive makes it like it's mr clean magic eraser it doesn't go away it just cost shifts and you know i mean it's to, to think that um, other people should pay for someone else's education um, besides, the, you know, obviously I'm in favor of public education, but to go on to that, I mean, there are so many other things you can do. And then also when you look at the debt, what, how it comes about, um, one of the big problems are, you know, um, students at 18 and 19 and 20 are able to get credit cards. So they run up a lot of credit card debt there, or they choose to go to schools that are very expensive. So they have to take this money, um, out there. And, uh, yeah, I, I believe, believe that some of the institutions have gouged people, but it, it's just irresponsible for us to do that. And I'm sorry to take up your time. No, no, not at all. Topic. Thank you, Tom. Well, something's going to give because I know they don't want to do something which just starts up the payments right before Election Day. So they want to get a win here. They don't care. As you know, they don't care about cost. They would love to get a win. And if they forgive hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars worth of debt, uh, they believe they will earn the curry favor and and perhaps votes of, hey, we like this philosophy of governance. They're giving us stuff. Uh, those other people you know, want us to actually have to work for it. Uh, so which do you want? You want it for free or do you want to have to earn it? I mean, it's it's really the great debate of our time. Tom, uh, travel well, travel safe, and we'll talk soon. Open forum early in the morning begins right now. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Yeah. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's six minutes past the hour. It's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station i got an update about two minutes before not even two minutes about a minute before we were coming back uh for the seven o'clock hour and fox news sent me this item democrat run states used covid19 relief to push crt in schools critical race theory it's true and they did and it sucks and it's wrong at every level and yet this is what they do Democrats take advantage of every crisis to the absolute max. Republican governance is to fix the problem, to empathize, to do everything that needs to be done to make sure that people are safe and that the um, the crisis is rectified. Democrats, they don't want things to be normal. They want chaos. I mean, if you think about the philosophy the philosophy of governance of the two political parties, I, I really don't think you can you can argue with that. You can get mad at me for saying it if you don't like that I say these things, but you can't argue it. You wouldn't be staring in the mirror having an argument with yourself how wrong that statement just was. There's no mistaking it. They use it to take more power, to do things they would never be able to get away with, to spend more than you could ever imagine or, or be able to get away with. And all these things are true, and they all happened. So I haven't had a chance to read the piece, but I'm not surprised that blue states across the country use billions of taxpayer dollars to promote CRT in public schools. They did it, and they keep lying, and you know, and they hide these things. Like the Florida schools that will say, there's no CRT, but then you go to a math question, and it says... Hey, one plus one equals two unless you're a racist. That barely is a false statement that I just did. It's almost exactly what the math question was. What would you be telling? Yeah, if you're a racist and then go into numbers, what, what, what does that have to do with anything? But that's what they do. They, they exploit and they seek every opportunity to put and make it take root their radicalism because you were so busy worried if you were going to live or die or if loved ones of yours that may have been more even more vulnerable would live or die that you didn't care you didn't have time to care or even know all the other hideous things they were doing while you weren't looking because you were taking care of home base welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air Good morning, Harry. Good morning. Um, I'm calling. Can you hear me? I hear you perfectly. Okay. Um, the reason I'm calling is besides being just so frustrated over all this CRT, and I can say honestly in the school district that I work, that isn't being taught or brought into the classes as of right now. But the frustration that I'm having, too, is over this whole COVID thing. Uh, unfortunately, I could not get vaccinated because of health reasons. 
So now I feel like I'm being harassed by the state because weekly I have to go and get tested. Now, here's where the frustration is. There are people that have had the vaccination that continue to get COVID, but they don't have to be tested. So if we're all possibly carrying it, why aren't they testing everyone? Hey, I, I, I agree with you completely. And we just find out way late and wrong that a little more than 60 percent of all Americans have had COVID-19. Many that don't even know it. Uh, many that thought they just had some kind of, you know, bug or something, some kind of uh, illness and, and then re- rebounded and recovered. So you have that factor in there, too, that there's what more than six out of 10 people have in their system the um, the antibodies and things. Uh, I agree with you. It should be the same for all, because even if you are vaccinated, triple vaccinated, and if you've gotten the fourth the second booster on top, you can still get it. And even if you're asymptomatic, you can still transmit it. So they're the same as you. You're not any more of a threat to them than they are to you. And a a couple of employees have taken a stand. They're refusing the testing. But then, even though this is all mandated by the governor that we have to have it done, well, if they refuse to do it, they're pulling on direct deposit. Oh, that's terrible. Now, I don't even are they allowed to do that? I mean, if they take discipline, you know, put discipline on an employee, that's one thing saying you're violating a procedure and so you're suspended. But if you're still working, how can they how can they have you work and then not pay you? I mean, that that I got somebody's got to get a lawyer that immediately. As you know, you're a smart person. There's a thing called um order to show cause that somebody should get into a court uh and just get that stopped it's one thing if they do progressive discipline because someone is violating their policies and procedures then you have to fight it through your union and all that stuff if it's in that kind of setting some schools are so small they don't even have it uh but uh you know what i'm talking about there but if you're working and they're not paying you and they're also not suspending people, but they're just turning off your direct deposit, therefore you don't get paid. They're holding your money uh, hostage. Um, now, that's that's BS. And I'm with you. If you're going to have testing, and I believe you could win this uh, in a court, if you're going to have testing, you can't discriminate because we've already shown medically that those who are, and I'm one, those who are vaccinated, you can catch it and you can be uh, a super spreader just as easily as someone that isn't vaccinated. So if you test the unvaccinated, you have to then test the vaccinated because you might get somebody that is positive and, hey, you got to go home just because you don't feel bad and and the vaccine is working and you're having mild symptoms. You got to go home. So... I think I think people should fight that. Yeah. How is how is it? I know you're not you're suggesting like what I'm saying, but how is it possible? I'll just do it in the form of a question. How is it possibly fair to say you have to test the unvaccinated as though the unvaccinated have some kind of like super cooties or something that the vaccinated who don't need to be tested don't have? There's a difference if you're vaccinated and that would then give you either a milder case of COVID-19 or in some cases people have had it and don't even know it. 
that's their decision. They got vaccinated, but they should be tested as well, or there should be no testing. Right. And if you don't feel well, you don't go to school. And unfortunately, if you are, um, I, I think the term is called shedding. If you are shedding and yet you are still asymptomatic, either if you're going to be an asymptomatic case or you're just asymptomatic in the early stages of when you are um, contagious, then it's going to spread. But again, I think the people that are vaccinated might be more of a super spreader event than people who are not vaccinated. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Is anybody doing anything about it? Well, they, they, they can't do anything because what we're told is direct deposit is a courteous. Um, they're doing that at, just to be courteous that, that they're giving us the direct deposit and they're making us go to the administration building on their on our time to go pick up our paychecks. They're not even being delivered to the building where we work. Okay, so they're 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 just jerks. They're they're not whole. They're making it just more difficult. By the way, that's again um, a retaliatory attempt. So if they did away with um, direct deposit, the only safe harbor they have is that they decide to do away with it for everyone. Then really nobody has a standing because they don't have to do it former banker here that you're talking to they don't have to do it but if they do it for one i believe they have to do it for all and they can't really say hey we don't like you you smell like covid19 because you're unvaccinated and so you don't get direct deposit that is just pure retaliation i'd sue them i would take them to court so but that's my my rant for this morning (laughs) good to talk to you thank you take care all right by now, you have a good day too. Uh, that this is the country we live in now, though. This is this is this is how government and that don't think that boards of education, school systems, they are more political than you even think. You know, I I have often said school politics is the worst politics. They're awful. They're petty. They're vindictive. Ah, nasty. Go ask John Devlin. He'll give you twenty years worth of stories of these jackasses wait i'm going to be reporting a little bit later today where do you hear the latest it's a real doozy please a little bit later today give me until early afternoon i just have to breathe uh but i will be filing and you'll be able to read it on the wpg talk radio 95.5 app dateline atlantic city the board of education the latest jackass stunt they're unbelievable truly unbelievable and somehow uh, the state is just going along with all of it, it seems. It's really shocking to see what's going on in some respects. You expect it from these bozos, but you don't expect it from the people who are supposed to have your back. And they're there because this is a whole group of folks that just can't – you can't trust them. You just can't. That's at the city level and at the school purpose tax level. But give me a few hours after maybe before two o'clock. I just thought of something. Gosh, I'm going to have to get it done by two because I have a two o'clock thing. Then I have a three o'clock thing. I got a 10, 15 thing. Somewhere I'll get it done. But check it out. And in one respect, you won't be surprised, but it is um, it is rather shocking. And it, it, it 
I'll file it under. I use the analogy sometimes the um, the monster movies. You think you got Jason Voorhees got chains around his neck. He's down at the bottom of I forget the name of the lake now. Crystal Crystal Lake or something. Uh, And you think it's all over. But at the last second before they stop the movie, the movie's almost over. The bad guy's gone. He's gone forever. His eyes open. This is that kind of thing. You, you thought you thought it was over. And maybe that'll be that might be part of my lead. Maybe I'll make it a monster movie piece because it really is. It is it is that bad. It's that analogous. All right. We've got a break. Your calls continue in just a few minutes. Hannity is up. I am her early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station. The conservative underground meets right now. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. The Bureau of Land Management issued a record decision reducing land availability for energy leasing. They, they, they're going back to 2013 levels instead of moving forward. It was thinking, if we, if we were energy independent, that's great for national security. We don't need to beg uh, Russia, Iran, Venezuela, OPEC. We don't need to worry about the Straits of Hormuz. Uh, it creates high-paying career jobs. It lowers the price of energy, which lowers the cost of every product we buy in every store, lowers the cost to heat and cool our homes. And we can even produce more energy and give it to our Western European allies that Putin is now blackmailing. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Freshly. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at Freshly.com slash terms. I really want to eat better, but I don't have the time. What can I do? Go to Freshly.com. Our nutritionist-approved meals are prepared by skilled chefs and delivered to you fresh every week. I don't have time to prep and cook. Freshly's meals are already cooked. Just put them in the microwave for three minutes and you've got a hot, gourmet, delicious, nutritious meal. And now get $125 off your first five orders when you text BITE to 64000. With Freshly, there's no worry about grocery shopping, ingredient checking, or hours spent prepping and cooking. Savor Freshly's variety. From comfort food classics that are carb-smart and gluten-free to dairy-free options, plant-based meals, and more. And you can adjust meals and deliveries based on your schedule. A healthy, delicious meal in three minutes? I have time for that. That's Freshly. And now get $125 off your first five orders when you text BITE to 64000. That's BITE to 64000. That's B-I-T-E to 64000. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95. 5.5. Thank you, Sean. 25 minutes past the hour. I gave great thought during the break about the gentlelady's call that that there is a school district out there. And you know who you are. You're probably listening that if someone's not vaccinated, you took away their direct deposit privilege and make them go to some inconvenient, not even their own school. You make them go to some inconvenient location to go pick up a manual check which then you realize they have to then go to a bank and negotiate. Or maybe, maybe um, the individual has it set up where you can take the picture on your phone and direct deposit it that way. Uh, what what lowlifes you are. That is just, who, who, who was it, Jackie Gleason? Crumbums. 
you are a crumb bum. Wow. This is this is what's going on out there. I'm telling you, school politics is the worst. And you know what I'm talking about. If you ever if you've ever had to tangle with your local school, you know exactly what I'm talking about. How petty, mean spirited, creepy they can be. Sometimes the most educated are the most ruthless and petty. It's very, very interesting uh, how that works. And that's not to say all. I'm just talking about the bad actors. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, ex-KGB Yuri Bezmanov had said that um, demoralization was actually marked a strategy for control. And actually demoralizing little kids like that with that curriculum, that's that's got Marxist uh, stratagem written all over it as far as I'm concerned. That's right out of the Mark, Karl Marx's manifesto, you know. Yeah, um, yeah indoctrinate we, them at the earliest possible age. Of course. Um, actually, uh, Nicholas Rockefeller had told uh, Aaron Russo, movie producer Aaron Russo, that actually uh, the key was to uh, – funded the women's liberation movement to get women out of the uh, home into the workplace so that they could have uh, control over the kids. It's pretty sickening. I, I do want to comment on something. I, I remember vividly, and we speak to him all the time, my sixth grade teacher. All of our teachers. Now, in those days, it was quite a um, phenomenon that was happening in Ventnor, in my hometown. There was this whole bumper crop of male, young male teachers it had pretty much just been a female vocation almost just recognized as a female vocation. And that changed in, in my time in school. We didn't have one teacher that I can – I can't – if I strain, I can't think of one teacher that I had. I did not go to kindergarten. My mother made a decision that we went right to first grade. So I was always young, really young in school. I graduated high school when I was 17. I wasn't even 18. Um, I didn't get to drive. I had a permit while I was still in high school, but didn't get to drive until right after high school on June 19th. So anyhow, I can't think of one teacher that we ever had that tried to do any indoctrination stuff. They were fantastic. And how it has changed in the past couple of generations is very, very scary. Well, MI6 prison intelligence agent John Coleman had said that the Democrat Party was controlled by communists by 1980. So that gives you a clue what's going on. But uh, by 1960, John Kennedy had beat out uh, Richard Nixon. They said it was actually the dead got him his vote. They said the votes of dead people. You know, who knows? But uh, actually, the military industrial complex was angry with John Kennedy because he didn't want boots on the ground. And in French Indochina, a.k.a. Vietnam, um, his June uh, 4th, 1963, Executive Order 1111, which would have made our monies redeemable in American silver, uh, would have put the uh, stockholders of the Federal Reserve out of business. Um, he wanted to scatter the CIA to the four winds, to thousand winds, uh, and on and on and on. He angered a lot of people. He, he angered big oil in, in Texas. Uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson couldn't stand John Kennedy. Well, and, and vice versa. And also the mob was extremely mad at John and Bobby Kennedy because they thought they had an understanding. And Bobby Kennedy, he went after the mob. I mean, so 
so aggressively. Flash, I got to run. Have a great day. We'll talk again. I hope. That's up to you. But I, I think we will. In fact, I know we will. It's 29 minutes past the hour. When we come back, you will be up next. Don't don't uh, don't bail out. We'll come right back to you strong in just a few minutes. This is the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. It's Harry Hurley. You know the saying, April showers bring May flowers. But what do May flowers bring? Allergies. And you know I know about them. So it's a great time to contact my friends at Ambient Comfort. Ask them about their indoor air quality solutions, including air purifiers and air filtration systems. These systems from Ambient Comfort provide so many benefits for your family. They can disinfect and continuously clean your air, eliminating biological contaminants, including viruses, mold spores, and bacteria. Whether you're dealing with allergies, asthma, or just want to cut down on the dust in your air, Ambient Comfort will audit your home to determine the best air quality solution. Then install and maintain the system that makes sense for your home. If you're a bit of a germaphobe, this is for you. When comfort matters, choose Ambient Comfort. Visit AmbientComfortNJ.com. That's AmbientComfortNJ.com or call 609-568-0955. That's 609-568-0955 and tell them Harry Hurley sent you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Hey, thanks very much. 31 minutes past the hour. It is Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Fishhead Seafood Restaurant gets the nasty Stockton University treatment in Atlantic City. Also, 13 things you may not know about Stockton University. I had so much fun putting that together. And the Atlantic City and Galloway Township Police Departments had joined forces with Atlantic Care on Take Back Day regarding. Okay. Pres- From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Three days of solid sunshine, four days of completely dry weather, if only it were a little bit warmer. Now, the dry, windy conditions presenting high fire danger today. Those wind gusts may push past 30 miles an hour. Under mostly sunny skies, our high temperature will be limited to around 57. Another frosty night tonight, clear and breezy, low 35. Sunny, breezy, and a bit warmer tomorrow, high 62. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Hi, it's Chris Coleman from WPG. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Something that I just didn't have time to get to in the 6 o'clock hour where we have the opportunity to cover a bunch of issues where we always run out of time and i want to get right back i'm going to put the mic on of our next caller caller hang in there your mic is on but just give me a second to just update everybody on dr anthony fauci this guy you need to tune him out completely brian kilmeade was on to him very early on from the beginning i want to take a little bit of credit i also was on to him from almost the beginning which is why i refer to him as number 19 the baseball pitcher who actually threw the ball instead of throwing it to the catcher at home plate, threw it between first base and home plate at an angle that's almost impossible to achieve. That That's how bizarre this guy is. I still don't know how he did what he did. 
Google or whatever Bing, whatever search engine you use, and Google him throwing out the first pitch. I think it was at a Washington Nationals game. I'm almost sure that it was. And he was wearing a Washington Nationals jersey, number 19. What a jerk. So he said on NPR, I was going to say PBS, but it, it was NPR. He said, no, 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 I was right. He said it on PBS. I'll get to NPR. On PBS NewsHour, he said, quote, this is very recently, we are certainly right now, certainly, he's a scientist, right? We are, that's very precise. We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase. Now, yesterday, number 19 said to NPR, he insisted the pandemic is not over. They never want it to be over because they're not relevant then. They don't have control and all of this. So how can you take anything this guy says seriously when literally one day, it was almost one day to the next. There was a little, like a couple days in between. But one day to the next, the pandemic is certainly over. The next day, the pandemic is certainly not over. Anyhow, caller, you didn't call about that, most likely. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. How you doing? Very well. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to be uh, skating on thin ice this trip. Okay. Um, I used I, to be a lifeguard, so if you are on thin ice and you were to plunge through, uh, I will have a shepherd's crook or some kind of reaching rescue, or I'll go in and get you. So you are safe. Go ahead. Continue. Okay. I called the offices of the Trenton and Camden Diocese on a couple issues. And I actually it was one question. Why is it the church taking a stand against Murphy on his abortion issues and his gender uh, education program? Well, it's pretty simple. The Pope is extremely liberal and they're not pushing that anywhere. They're not pushing it with the president of the United States. Why would they push it with the governor of one state? Uh, the answer is, is simple, and a lot of people disagree with it, but that is the definitive answer. The pope is not focusing on that. He's looking the other way. Pope Benedict was much more aggressive about this. Uh, pope Francis is not. But my angle was... Uh, and they said to me, the church does not want to get involved in politics. I says, ma'am, with all due respect, and I was a gentleman, or say I am a gentleman. I says, you're talking about the church and politics. Well, through the years, hundreds of years, the church has always involved itself in politics in one way, shape, or form. And I said, the most biggest part of uh, the biggest example is when Pope John Paul II traveled to Poland and he single-handedly brought down the entire communist regime. Now, I says, ma'am, I think that's politics. And I says, is, is the church afraid of Murphy? I said, there was once a time when the church took a moral stand on the on issues. 
And I says, I could tell you in my mom's time that the Catholic bishops of this country uh, frowned, uh, frowned on any Catholic to see Gone with the Wind because of the kind of woman that Scarlet was. And I said, well, that's politics, too, to some degree. And I says, do you have any answer for that? Well, I'm sorry, sir. I says, okay, I know you're sorry, but is there anybody higher up I can speak to on this issue? And uh, they gave me the old, they're in a meeting. I says, man, with all due respect, um, I know they're always in a meeting. Hmm. You don't need to be bothered with troublemakers or people who are... uh, or people who have uh, reason to ask, but have a nice day. And I believe I conducted myself in a gentlemanly way, and I just could not believe the answer I got. Well, I'm surprised because it's pretty apparent that Pope Francis has taken uh, a very public position and that he is a very different type of pope and he's very completely different than pope benedict was uh so the church typically follows that lead and that is pretty much happening all over the country i think there are uh a few that are are not following uh pope francis's direction in this regard but they're few and most are and and i know a lot probably don't like it but they're, they're just you know they're just following the lead of the Pope, who is basically not um, – I don't want to say he's not concerned. He's not really in agreement with that position. So they're they're pretty much just going along with that. But I thought I should uh, let you know and, and the listeners know to – what I uh, did, and as always, I was always and still a gentleman. Well, you are, no doubt about it. Peter, have a good day. Take care. Glad you called. 609-407-1450. One more break, that's it. And then wide open forum in just a few minutes. You will be the next caller, and you'll be the caller right after that. We'll get two calls in. We have time because it is the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's Number one talk station. Any grievance with that? Great one. Mark Levin. Our enemies could not have a better president in the Oval Office. Our enemies could not have a better friend in the Oval Office. We got Putin negotiating our our new deal with the Iranians. We've got Joe Biden a day late and a dollar short when it comes to helping the Ukrainians. We should be arming up Taiwan right now. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Thank you, great one. Open phone lines at 609-407-1450. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Mr. Hurley, good morning. Good morning. A couple questions. Yes. I'm at the beginning of your last conversation. I I missed. Was that on abortion? Uh, yeah, Peter brought up that that he called. I don't remember where exactly he called, but he called a church, and he was asking why the church does not enforce uh, abortion. And uh, Governor Murphy and I brought up the fact that 
President Biden, same thing. And I brought up, you know, Pope Francis is not focused on that and so on and so forth. And that I I believe that that is uh, why it's becoming sort of permissive and people looking the other way. And that that was the conversation. Yeah. He also gave a pass to anybody in power, Biden, Pelosi, et cetera. There's other ones also. But I don't it's, think it's, it's just the powerful. It's a different pope. But well, well, yeah, and I, I say the same. He's very different than Pope Benedict and and others that have preceded him. But it isn't just the powerful. Uh, this is his philosophy regarding all, not just the most powerful. I'd like to be a fly on the wall when he meets the man. I want to hear him talk himself out of that one. Yeah, I I just have I can't explain this because people know I'm not afraid to have an opinion and I have an opinion on basically everything. I if somebody said, hey, Harry, you pretty much give Pope Francis a free pass on his pretty liberal, you know, papal papal ways. uh, And I would plead guilty to that. It's, It's very hard for me to criticize the pope. And it's tough on a lot of people. I think I've said this only on one other occasion, that Pope Francis is not my favorite pope. Uh, But I've never really gone too far to criticize uh, because it doesn't feel right. Uh, He's not immune from criticism, but that's just the way that I've handled it. When Peter brought it up, I'm not afraid of it. I don't cower to it. And I think I was intellectually honest with exactly how and what is happening with this. But I'm pretty hesitant to criticize the Pope. And I, 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 can't, I don't think I can say it. People are. And yeah, I think so. I can't really say it any better than that or any more about that. Uh, I don't avoid it, yeah. but it's uncomfortable. When you, know, when you think about the Pope and the Pope's position in the world and the, yeah. the head of the church, the Catholic Church and, and everything, it's never, it's never comfortable to be critical of of him right. but he's 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 the most liberal uh certainly in my lifetime and i would have to think he's one of the most liberal in history wouldn't you think uh they had some gems further back i mean some of them were married they had children it was a strange setup in the beginning by the I mean, way so I'm we a- get this straight and i don't know why i didn't remember this um, maybe I was just listening to intently so that I could comment on what he was saying as opposed to who he called. The hero, Mike Heath, just um, confirmed for me that Peter, the caller, called the Camden Diocese. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the head. Yeah. That's the whole uh, territory. One yeah. other question. Yes. Article 42. Yeah. Does that open all of our borders? Well, Title 42 is a health emergency doctrine by President Trump that permitted us to keep people from coming into the country. So, yes, it will affect all borders. They're just going to flood in. So instead of somewhere between five, six, seven, eight thousand a day trying to get through, it's going to be up there in the 18,000 to 20,000 per day range and people know they're following there there are a lot of people right now that are timing their arrival for when this title 42 is um is ended fortunately a judge uh for the next two weeks nothing can happen because that's been 
the Biden action has been stopped. But Title 42 is extremely important, and it's especially so with this awful administration that we have. Uh, definitely. We're the most poorest country in the world between the last. There, there's no country in the world that allows people to come in. You get locked up. You go make a mistake. You can make a mistake. Do you remember the soldier? I can't remember if he was U.S. Army or what branch. Um, but he the, the sign was actually like, who knows, just like old and you couldn't really tell. He made a wrong turn. And instead of being in America, he found himself in Mexico and he had his rifle with him. They locked his ass up. A, a United States soldier. Uh, there's no country in the world that allows this, what what we are allowing right now. I've got to jump because I promised we were going to get in one more call. Have a great day. Good to talk to you. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Yeah, I think his name was Andrew Tomarisi or something like that. That does sound, uh, that he, does he, sound, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he, I think they said Tamarisi, but yeah, you got it, I think. Yeah, he wound up in one of those cattle shoots. And he and and he and he had no choice but to cross the border. And in fact, Greta Van Susteren took the same route. She drove where he drove, and that's what happened to her. There's one turn. If you get caught in this cattle chute, you can't get out. And yeah. You- and by the way, I was not a big fan of hers, but I was a huge fan of her persistent, dogged. Just she did dog on a bone. She didn't let it go. She was largely responsible for him being freed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I have no problem criticizing the Pope uh, because when he veers off of things having to do with Christianity and starts making political comments, then he has entered that arena. So he he's he's not sticking with his own uh, purview. Then he is open to criticism. And I, I think I think that this pope is to Christianity and Roman Catholicism what Barack Obama was to conservatism and 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 republicanism, uh, for lack of a better word. I would even I, I go think, further with Obama, not just republicanism, Americanism. Yes, yes, absolutely. But you know, when this pope uh, knocks um, um, our our capitalist system, which is the only reason that the Catholic Church even exists, because if people didn't go to work and earn money and then donate donate that money to the church, it would not be um, uh, it would not have all this very valuable real estate all over the world. Uh, we're paying untold millions for priests who impregnated women, and we have to support these children that that came as a result for the rest of their lives. It's like um, you know, this Pope um, looks the other way with the all the LGBTQ stuff. He won't comment on it. They're 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 getting to the point where they're they're softening on all of these things that used to be truths about Roman Catholicism. They're 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 softening up on it, like like you said, looking the other way. But when 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 you knock when you knock our capitalist system. Then guess what? Andy doesn't give put any money in the collection basket because I I earned that money through capitalism. So until such time as we have a pope that approves of capitalism, 
I'm just not going to give. I, I put the money in the poor box instead. You know, you don't want my money because it's evil money. I earned it through capitalism. You know, when you when you enter into political discussions as a pope, then you are opening yourself up to these criticisms. Popes don't usually do that either. So it is regrettable. I still feel the way that I do. But I understand why you feel the way that you do. Uh, you consider it fair game. I haven't um, been willing to, to go that far. And to be honest, simply because he's the pope. If, if he was, you know, soap and not the pope, I'd be jumping all over it. Um, so that that's probably on me. Uh, possibly a flaw on my part, uh, but we'll call it a sin of the mind and not of the heart, to quote my great friend, Mayor Langford of Atlantic City. John Zarek is next. Thanks, Andy. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. I am Hurley in the Morning and not a moment too soon. It is Smart Law with John Zarek presented by the law offices of John Zarek. John is the official and exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense matters for the Hurley in the Morning program because he is, in my humble estimation, the very best that there has ever been in, in our marketplace at what he does. Yes, he's that good. John Zarek, uh, to reach him, you can call 609-641-2266. The law offices of John Zarek focuses their efforts on criminal defense law. Their goal is to provide you and yours with the very best legal defense. Call 609-641-2266 on the web at johnzarek.com. And John would really love you to call if it's a municipal court matter or if it is something that uh, could be enormously consequential. Uh, don't try to decide that on your own. Give John a call and he's happy to talk to you and you'll proceed accordingly. 609-641-2266. Counselor, welcome to your program. So good to have you here. Oh, so good to be here, Harry. Really, really great to be here today. Um, especially good because I listened to you fill in for Brian Kilmeade yesterday for three hours. Um, I happened to be in Philadelphia, and I had a lot of downtime with uh, my activities there. And I, uh, I have, of course, as as all wise people should, and all listeners should, um, I have the WPG Talk Radio app on my phone, and you get that by going to the App Store and looking up uh, WPG Talk Radio, the app pops up, you touch it, and there it is on your on your phone for all time. And uh, when you want to listen to Harry Hurley or it, on your show or filling in for Brian Kilmeade or other top people in the country, um, all you do is touch the app and it, it comes up and it says listen live and you touch that and you're you're listening you could be in 
you know. In fact, I, I, I listened to your show in Vietnam um, a few years ago, so, um, and, and lots of other places around the country and other places in the world. So any, any place you are, you can listen to uh, Harry Hurley in the morning and you know, also increasingly listen to you on national radio, which is more or less, as far as I can tell, almost a daily thing for you now. So, John, as you would say, that's very kind of you. And let me ask you, put yeah. you on the spot. Uh, when we filled in for Brian Kilmeade yesterday, how did we do? How did we sound? Oh, it was it was really a- absolutely fantastic. I mean, it was just that's why that's why I'm saying I'm so I, I feel so good today being on the radio with you because uh, I'm still high from from the time I listened to you yesterday. It was it was just so good, so professional, so good. It, it brings to mind that uh, biblical phrase. Um, Remember me when you come into your kingdom, Harry. <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you go, I'm not saying go in, go national. When you go national, when you go international, oh. you know. Please remember, please remember us back here in Atlanta, John. You you are the best. You are the absolute best. So what is what is happening? What is top of mind in the world of Zarek? What's going on? Well. Um, one thing I, w- I wanted to talk a lot, I, I want to talk about cross-examination today. I mean, it, it's, it's always what's on television and what seems to be exciting. And, um, in movies it, you know, it's, it's always seen as the cool thing. Um, the thing that people want to want to focus on the most. So I want to talk about that today. And I have lots of examples of, interesting cross-examinations through the year, through the years. Uh, but, um, I, I also wanted to say, I think, and I haven't heard this any place and it's, it's, they're very scan evidence. Sometimes a client will come in, you know, if you, if you, if you know a certain pattern and you see certain patterns, sometimes a client will come into my house, I'm into my office and say, one sentence i was here and this happened and then i can tell them from that circumstance and also looking at them um basically the story of their life the story of the case and the story of their life and they say how did you know that you know how did you possibly know that and you know it because you know things fit in typically fit into certain patterns and um, sometimes you can see just, you know, just have a little bit of evidence and you can see the pattern developing. Um, and that that's occurring, I think, in politics right now. I think uh, Defense Secretary Austin uh, was, um, for a good while, just staying quiet and would... Um, say a few little things that were not impactful, just, you know, being a good soldier. I mean, he is a good soldier, was a good soldier. And he, uh, you know, is used to deferring to the commander, you know, wherever he is and wherever he was and used to having people act that way with him. And I think, um, he's been doing that for a while, but 
for whatever reason, and it may be it may be inability of uh, Joe Biden or President Biden to, you know, step up in a way that should be done. But he um, I see in him some very, very in command words and behavior, um, especially when it came to the idea of the Russians threatening nuclear war for the for the twelfth time now, right? If you do this, that could be war if you do this. And um Defense Secretary Austin's like, yeah, right. Okay. Thanks for the for, thanks for the thirteenth warning. But this is what we're gonna do. And uh he seemed very much in command. I think he has an oppor- I think he may have an opportunity um to be the um Democratic nominee for president in 2024. I really think I can see that he's got that kind of command. So that's what I think is uh, an insight that I wanted to bring up. Uh, he, he this he's he's very very good. Hey John, do me a favor, hang in there. We're going to be right back. It's 15 minutes past the hour. You are listening. To the law offices of John Zarek presenting Smart Law with John Zarek. We'll be right back with John. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much and welcome back at 19 minutes past the hour. John Zarek is doing what he does every Thursday. He's crushing it here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you, South Jersey's number one talk station. Counselor, time is yours. Yeah. Well, uh, the most, every, everything um, that's most exciting in law is uh, is really concentrated in cross-examination. I mean, that's, that's the, they're the scenes that are played out on, uh, legal shows. They're the excerpts that are, that are played on national trial commentary shows. Um, people pay attention to cross-examination and, you know, there are, there, there's certain people that are good at it. Uh, not that many, unfortunately, and certain people that just not going to ever get there. But um, cross-examination is really, really, really important. First of all, it's a um, it's a guaranteed constitutional right. So if someone could just come into court or go to the authorities of wherever they are and denounce you, which is like what they did in the old Russian days, right? the Soviet Union days. If you're denounced, they just grab you and send you to uh, Siberia and you're not heard from again. You're not brought before anyone. The relatives aren't told. Maybe at least, maybe eventually they get a letter from you a year later from uh, from Siberia, from a salt mine or something. But, you know, they could do whatever they want. In, in the United States Constitution, and I often say this to people that, you know, first of all, they've 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 been investigated. Uh, they hear some rumors about uh, them. Um, let's say an innocent person. They're they're investigated, and then the police come and they 
question them and they question them maybe under circumstances where it's not clear that they have a right not to be questioned and they um, have a search warrant and they go through their home and then they arrest them and they take them to the police station and they stick them in a room put cuffs on them and then they take them to the county jail and they tell them go here and in the county jail go here go here don't do this don't do that eat this, eat that, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, things are just, then they take them to court, the judge gives, tells them their rights, and they, you know, back to jail and back to court again. And it, it, it looks like they never, ever can do, you know, they'll never have any power. And all they experience is bad things happening to them, you know, bad and unpleasant things happening to them. But, you know, I, I tell people and often uh, I'm talking to them in jail you know in the jail and I say look you know this has been um, it's been a rough road for you um, I know you're innocent I know they don't understand how this came together we're gonna demonstrate your innocence but you don't you probably don't have a lot of faith in the system right now because all that that's happening to you uh, are, are bad things you know, repeatedly, and, and they're telling you what to do, where to go, and you can't do anything you want, which is primarily walk out of the jail and go home and have a dinner with your family. However, um, we have a constitution, and this is, you know, one of the reasons I love being a criminal defense lawyer, because it's, it's the highest form of expression of the United States Constitution. It is real. It's where... The Constitution meets the people, you know, and I tell them we have a Constitution and you have certain rights, first of all. And people are often surprised at this. They don't even have it in their mind. No one can convict you of a crime. And, and I tell them you're not convicted of a crime. You're accused of a crime. You feel convicted, but you're not. No one can accuse you of a crime, convict you of a crime unless they take you before a jury of your peers, and that's a jury, you know, and, and you, and in that jury, uh, in that courtroom, you have the assistance of your counsel, who will be me, and counsel who knows what they're doing and has been there before and can play this out in a way that's advantageous to you. Take you before a jury of your peers and we can form that jury. In most serious cases, the defense has 20 peremptory challenges. That means for any reason, and, you know, you can't say because of, well, ju Judge, we're, we're exercising this peremptory challenge because we don't like people of this race. We don't like people of this religion. We don't like women. We don't like men. Um, you can't exercise challenges, but but no one knows why you're ex exercising that peremptory challenge. So essentially, uh, with few exceptions, you can challenge anybody 20 times. You know, you can remove them from the jury because um, you have a bad feel, and that's fine. You know, have a, a bad feeling about someone, you don't like their attitude, you don't like their they're glaring at you, the way they look at you, the way they look at your client, you can say, Judge, please, we thank and excuse juror number six. And, it, and they're gone. So 
I explain that to a client. So we're going to have a jury that is not hostile to you. And um, in that jury, there are going to be good people that are going to do their job and they're going to listen to the evidence. And then the evidence is presented and the state is going to have witnesses against you. Now, no one has listened to all those witnesses at one time um, all together. And um, no one really knows, hasn't looked at all the evidence under deliberation until now. This is going to be the first time. The first time the whole case is going to be together. And there's going to be one very, and I explain this to clients carefully, it's going to be one major factor here that never has occurred before. It didn't occur in the grand jury. Your lawyer is not allowed to be at the grand jury. In fact, your lawyer doesn't even know when the grand jury is going to convene and hear your case and indict you. Uh, It didn't happen in the police station. It didn't happen when the wrongful accuser was sitting there in all their glory spouting off to the police what a terrible person you were and how you did these things, this, 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 and this, which you didn't do. But nobody was there to, to question them. Nobody was there to challenge them. So it never happened before. But what's going to happen is your attorney's going to be there, and that's going to be me. And I know what I'm doing. And they're not going to be able, they're not going to be spouting off to the police in a friendly environment. They're going to be under oath, which they weren't before, under oath. And they're going to be testifying before the jury. And not a jury that is um, a hostile jury, but a jury that's going to be fair, not biased one way or the other, because we're going to work hard to get that a jury like that. And they're going to be subject to what's called cross-examination. Most people know what that is, but really what it means is I can challenge them. I can question them. I can repeatedly question them. I can um, use other evidence as a basis of cross-examination. I can use their prior statements. I can use their prior circumstances. And believe me, it is very, very... People say, well, it's just their, their word against mine. The word of a truthful person, the word of a truthful person under oath in front of a jury is very, very distinguishable in a favorable way than the word of a liar in front of a jury, a person who is not telling the truth. These are, you know, the juror... The jurors are smart. You know, they've been around. They've confronted liars before. They've been lied about themselves. They can tell the truth from a lie. And we can rely, and I tell my client, we can rely on that. And when we question these liars, these people that are, and by the way, you never want to use that term in court because it's a little too harsh, even if it's true. Um, when we question these people with questionable credibility, um, the jury is going to know, you know, sometimes you, the jury is going to know what the truth is. And sometimes you simply weaken their credibility that, you know, the person who's not telling the truth, but sometimes you get that, the 
Perry Mason moment, and the person will admit that they had not told the truth before, admit that they had lied. Let's do a halftime break right there, John. We're going to come right back. It's exactly 30 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the always listenable John Zarek, the official, the exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense matters here on the Hurley in the Morning program. He presents Thursday mornings this hour, 8 o'clock hour, Smart Law with John Zarek. We'll be back in just a few minutes with John. I am Harry Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5, all because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station. Back with John right after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 30 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Fish Heads, the seafood restaurant in Atlantic City, unfortunately gets the nasty Stockton University treatment. In Atlantic City, we have the story. We also have the story about 13 things you may not know about Stockton University. It was so much fun to put together. And the Atlantic City and Galloway Township Police Departments have partnered with Atlantic Air. This is important work. John and I have talked about this prescription medication. Take. From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. It is pretty chilly out there this morning. Inland areas have fallen into the 30s to start the day. Highs today only reaching about 57 degrees, still hovering about 10 degrees below normal for late April. We'll see mostly sunny skies and completely dry weather. Potentially frosty again tonight. Clear skies, chilly breeze, low of 35. And tomorrow will be sunny and breezy and a little bit warmer, high 62. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Now is the perfect time to WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, a quick shout out. I hope he's still listening. I know he was. I should have done this before. Uh, but real quick, and then we'll get right back to John. The hero, Mike Heath, stopped by. And the hero found inside of a wall in a home you you probably have seen shows about this the stuff that is i don't mean just like the old days when they had horse hair in the in the plaster and all that stuff inside the wall of the house was an atlantic city press newspaper from thursday april 5th 1956 And what I'm going to do, it's going to take me, I don't have time to do it, it'll probably this weekend, but I'm going to take some pictures and there'll be exhibits in the article that I will write uh, and I'll tell you all about it when it goes to print, when we publish it, but it's, uh, I've just read during the break things that just reporting then versus reporting now. I will tell you that the upper right-hand side, top of the fold, three communities vote May 28 on high school. This was the Cape May city voters that would be voting. And in particular, it was Cape May, West Cape May, and Lower Township. And there's a whole story about that. So you think about that's what was going on basically on this date. Uh, what? 70, almost 70 years ago. So, Hero, thank you for this. You should see, I mean, the condition. It's been inside the wall of a home for 70 years. 
You never know what you're going to find, John Zarek. You never do. You never do. And uh, I'll tell you, you mentioned Mike Heath. What a you know what a hero he is. He's uh, he was on the old. Um, they're they're they don't do it anymore that I know of. But uh, maybe maybe it's done on a more subtle basis. But he was on the uh, fake that you're drunk and helpless police patrol, which would draw, you know, Mike um, and others would uh, would stumble down the, the street late at night in dangerous areas um, and make pretend that they were drunk and helpless and invite attack uh, by robbers, sometimes armed robbers. Um, and then his his police buddies would be, you know, stationed close by, and um, hopefully before the <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Uh, and I used to see I used to see Mike and and some of his other guys. Um, I need I need Don Hurley so bad, or Mike. I don't know why I'm forgetting the name of the other. There were three, at least three or more, in this unit. And the one was typically the one that would put himself out there and and he would get beat up. I mean, it was a it was a rough job that he had. And it, of course, if this would all be on videotape. And I know you've seen them, John. I've seen you may have seen them in a courtroom. I've seen them as well. And uh, oh, I remember this unit so well. They did a lot of good work. Oh, yeah, they did. Uh, but, you know, they paid for it, of course. Yeah. But they would uh, they would they would fake and the bad guys would come and attack them and um, none of them ever got killed. No, uh, where did they get? They got banged up and you know they would. To them, it was uh, adventurous. Yeah, you know this is what the one the one Mike know. Mike actually has wound up for some of these special units that he served on. He's been on um, television programs, cop programs. He on one, the reason I called him the hero on this one, he dives in like he's Christopher Reeve Superman. I mean, like out of nowhere, like like a superhuman. Uh, and those who know Mike know he's fast, he's strong, uh, and that's when we nicknamed him thirty years ago on this program, the hero. And I call him that ever since. Uh, let's see if I'm getting an assist. Somebody's telling me there it is. Yeah, Mike was never the decoy. I did know that. Uh, but tell me who the, was the decoy because he used to go. Don't, don't, he would mumble, "Don't, don't hurt me, don't hurt me." He was always, oh, it was, yeah. John. It was fantastic. Yeah. Don, Don, yeah. don't tell me what I know. Tell me what I don't know. Ronnie Lane, Ron Lane was the decoy. Right. Oh, and my right. goodness, did he he took a beating? Yeah, yeah. during his career. and the other guys did too. Yeah. I mean, you know, because these, uh, you know, like I. I saw yeah, Mike one. was called the response team. This, and then you had the decoy unit, which Ron Lane was the. I mean, he was the quintessential decoy. He was fabulous, and he took. He was a Timex watch. He took a licking, and he kept on ticking. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, and and you know this is, you know, this is what young men are like. You know, it's it's a trait. You know, of young men to like this kind of stuff, and that's why we we get um, young guys 
uh, and some young and some young women, you know, but uh, it's it's um, you know it's 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 what I have uh, you know I have I've seen relatives uh, and and of course had brothers and sister myself and you see you see people at that age in their in their teens and twenties they you know they like action they like uh, they like what you would normally call uh, heroics, I guess. Yeah. And it is heroic. You know, they like to be in that situation. But those guys were, those guys were something else. And Mike Heath was, uh, was because, because the, the bad guys didn't do this typically. They were looking for victims. You know, they hunted in a pack, right? So they, they, they would have five, six guys stalking, and they'd run around the corner. I saw it unfold one time. Um, I didn't actually see the final result, but I saw a group. You know, I saw the the policemen stumbling around the corner, uh, and then I saw some of these bad guys running around the corner, running the other way. I didn't see the final result, but you know, they they. Um, they, they're they're ready for action. I mean, the, the bad guys are ready for action. You know, yeah. they're fit. They're you know they're strong. They're young. They're violent, and so it it wasn't over just when the attack occurred and one person got there first. You know, there were there was often damage after that. So, hey John, was, let's get the last break, and we're going to be right back. I'm so happy that you brought back. That was a pun intended, I guess, a walk down memory lane as in Ron Lane and the hero, Mike Heath. But the work that that unit did, oh, my gosh. And, I mean, and as I say, it got them. Uh, Mike Heath was uh, on national TV. Well, I forget the name of the show, but it was on one of the major cop shows, police shows. And they have this video of him that's – it's sensational. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. He comes comes from out of nowhere like a, like a superhero and hence – the nickname, the hero. Uh, he's well known as that. Counselor Zarek even knows that Mike Heath is the hero. With John, I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. We're back. It's 51 minutes past the hour with Counselor John Zarek. I am her early in the morning. This is Smart Law with John Zarek. Hey, John, let me put a cap on so we just honor all the um, the people that were on this unit. Ron Lane, Mike Heath, Larry Ross, Rich Johnson, Denny McGee. They were what was called – they were the longtime stakeout team. Uh, when muggers and robbers began to understand that the Atlantic State Police Department – could be potentially unwittingly their victim of choice. It actually brought street crime way down, according to uh, retired police officer Don Hurley. And you can imagine that would be effective, John, because you don't know who you're dealing with. It, it could be un, uh, some victim or it could be a police officer. I, th- I think it was a very effective. Yeah, I think you would call that proactive policing. Yeah. 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 Now, yeah, obviously there are insurance considerations and there are, you know, disability, disability considerations and things like that, that would uh, sometimes cause police departments not to do those things. Yeah. 
But I can tell you right now, uh, Ross was, I would see him a lot and talk with him a lot. And he always, he always had his head busted, you know, all the time. I mean, because, you know, whether you're a victim, whether you're the alleged victim or not, you, you're, you're in the middle of a street fight immediately. So, um, the, uh, they are, they were very brave guys, but I can tell you if the department said right now, and this is any police department, and this, this is why we have to respect police mm -hmm. and realize they're not doing, you know, they're not doing just a normal job. You know, they're putting themselves in danger. Uh, if you, if, if for us, you know, for us, and often they put themselves in danger in, in the military for us. Oh, I, sure, over 50% are either active military or veterans, uh, men and women. So if you, if the police department advertised today, um, reminds me of, reminds me of the uh, Shackleton South Pole um, adventure, right? If the police department advertised today, uh, police wanted for uh, robbery, anti-robbery um, squad, um, very dangerous, likely to be injured, <laughs> you know, questionable outcome, they would have, I, I, I would submit that they'd have 100 applicants from the Atlantic City Police Department or, or poli other police departments around, you know, because people are willing to, it's a very direct way to get people, get the bad guys off the street. And um, they're, they're brave people. Police are brave. You know, they, they don't stick around if they're not. And so you would get a lot of, uh, a lot of play if you ran an ad like that. Reminds me of the, the Shackleton South Pole adventure, the very, very famous um, one. And I, I love this. Um, and there was a grandson of one of the crew that commented upon this, but Shackleton, um, you know, performed, it, it was, it was an impossible situation. I think he walked 600 miles or something like that to rescue his crew. And, um, so he ran an ad that said something like, um, men wanted for perilous, um, adventure, something like that. Very low pay, extremely harsh conditions, return, uh, safe return, doubtful. Wow. <laughs> like that. You know, wow. He laid it out as, he, he laid it out as bad as it could be. He got 5,000 responses. Wow. Right. 5,000 people answered this little inch by inch ad that he, that he put in the paper. And he selected his crew and he went. One of those people, uh, the, the grandson of that, of one of those crew members, of course, knew his grandfather well. His grandfather survived. And he, and he said, an ad like that is like catnip to my <laughs> grandfather. <laughs> right? so, wow. So he couldn't, uh, couldn't resist. And, you know, that's, they're, the, they're, they're, that's the kind of person that, you know, we have on police departments generally, you know. It's true. And certainly on squads, and certainly on squads like that. So, um, 
you know, so we, we have to honor and support and support those people, you know, have to honor and support them always. They stand between uh, chaos and you see in, you know, as they say in San Francisco and other California areas, um, you know, they've legalized crime. They've legalized theft. They've legalized um, assault. And, and you could say almost legalized murder, you know. Um, so it's, it's, we, we can't have that and we won't have that. Um, I want to talk about cross-examination, Harry. So, and you uh, are in your two minute summation. Time is yours. Right, right. It's, it's very important to know that, um, we are never, no matter if you're accused, uh, you could be innocent. You could, you're never hopeless. You ought, no one can ever put you in jail permanently unless they take you before a jury of your peers, you have the assistance of a of counsel who knows what they're doing, and that and the witnesses are subject to cross-examination. And when that happens, we've had on numerous occasions, and it happens all the time, the very best case for the state, the, the case that looks absolutely locked, where the defendant looks like they're so, and the, and, their, and the defendant's lawyer, look like they're absolutely suicidal come apart on cross-examination and it and it happens and we've had a number of times where people on the stand just like perry mason it doesn't happen a lot but it does happen from time to time where they say you know the 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 cross-examination went like uh, and ma'am you didn't tell the truth about this right no i didn't you didn't tell the truth about that no and you lied to the police about this yeah and that was the important part of this case. I mean, if those answers were the other way, the police would have walked away. There would be no crime, right? Well, ma'am, is there a particular problem that you have with telling the truth? Is there some that something that prevents you from telling the truth? And the woman said, I don't know. I try to tell the truth, but I, I usually just can't. That was the end of the case. Wow. 30 seconds, John. Not guilty, not not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. And, yeah. the, and the prosecutor afterward thanked me for, you know, doing the work to to have that person acquitted. Because that, that's like false in one, false in all, right, John? You just just knock yeah. knock out. Yeah, they don't want they don't want uh, innocent people convicted, right? But everyone every prosecutor runs the risk of that happening. So cross-examination is always there and always ready to be used. I have a project for you, John. You must find a way to make time seemingly go slower than it does when we're together because it actually feels like I just said hello and now we're saying goodbye. Thanks for a great program, John. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, my my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity, Thank Harry. Thank you, John. Jo- Joanne Daly is next. We're going to talk real estate. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Play in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. 
Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. You are on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station. We thank you for that immensely. And this is going to be a very interesting hour because it always is with Joanne Daly, our official exclusive real estate expert. But it's it's so interesting because we last convened, and I remember it distinctly because Joe appears on either the 4th or the 5th. If there is a 5th Thursday, Joe has the choice of either. So I do know for a fact in March there were five Thursdays, and Joe was with us on the 5th Thursday, which was the 31st of March. So it's almost by the calendar exactly four weeks since we were last together, minus a couple of days. And I really feel like things were one way um, just as recently as a month ago. Now you fast forward a month, and Joe, Joe, Joanne will fill in all the, the blanks, but rates are now like 5.22 or something like that. And that that's if you don't have any credit issues. Uh, that's higher than it's been in, in 12 years. I imagine, unless Joe corrects me, that supply is still a disaster. And it just feels different than it did a month ago. Joe, do you agree with that assessment or do you disagree? Good morning. Good morning. It, it's funny. I do agree. I say it's... It's amazing what happened. And we all, it was all predicted like April is going to be the huge rate increase. And here it is, you know, that, that was coming. And we were trying to encourage people to make that leap if they were on the fence because of the rates, because it really did knock out some buyers. Exactly. And it does. I mean, you say it three something, three percent ish, four percent. You might qualify at five, a little over five. You might not. It, it can be it can be that, you know, the margins can be that tight. And you, you you're the expert and you've you've commented that and you've seen that in your professional career. So in general, and let me go to supply now. Uh, is the supply just as tight as a tick as it has been? Just as tight. Just as tight, might even be a little tighter because as we're getting into the season down here at the shore, South Jersey, um, some folks are deciding that, you know what, I'm not going to sell, I'm going to stay. I have nowhere to go. I don't want to be without a place. So they're even a little bit more reluctant to list their properties, even though they know it's probably the best price point they can get. Um, cause all, everything is up, but they're, they're hesitant cause they, there's no place they can go. People say, well, I could go rent for a year or whatever. And I'm like, no, you can't, <laughs> I wish you could, but no, you can't. There's not much out there, you know, unless you want to do a summer rental, which is a premium price anyway, you know? So, so. what, what does this mean for the marketplace? And, and, and I ask you that from a wide spectrum of observation because if somebody if somebody wants to sell their home right now and and, oh and let's also throw into this um this real estate uh sort of goulash uh that prices keep going up they're still going up they still are they're still going up and it's amazing when you look at the numbers across the board and i have to say really across the country because everybody is is having this effect of increased prices 
like phenomenal percentages. You know, people can't even buy. In fact, they travel a bit and people are on the planes and we're talking and they're priced out of Florida now. People, you know, oh, all this time we thought we we're going to retire in Florida and now we're not. So now we're looking at other areas. You know, so it's it's across the board, across the country that prices are up. Um, so prices are up. Rates are up. And usually tell me again if you agree or disagree. But we've been doing this program together for, for quite a while. And we've been doing real estate on this program for a long, long time. Usually when prices are up, rates are down. Is that is that also a generally true yeah. statement? Yeah. And, and, now, and now prices are continuing to go up in the same environment where rates are going up. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think I think that that's probably going to level off somewhat prices, not the, not the rates necessarily, but the prices will level off to a certain point because we still have the appraisal problem. And that's still like they can't keep climbing. The appraisals haven't caught up. We still have appraisal issues. But you, so, you, uh, this, I'm not trying to just make this just insane and bizarro world, but also in some cases, you've been pleasantly surprised on listings. I happen to know of one, uh, and no attorney client privilege uh, required here. I know of one where the appraisal actually kind of shockingly came in substantially higher than perhaps you may have thought. Right. So it's, it's actually all over the place, isn't it? It is. It is. Like, you, you're right when you say kind of bizarro world, because there's no rhyme or reason. And I had an appraisal where submitted five, the appraisal came in extremely low um, on a high-priced unit property, um, extremely low, and five to seven examples to appeal that appraisal, and it's still, they just held the ground. It was the same appraisal that was given, and I'll say the price point of two years ago when the owners refinanced, that, that was what it appraised at two years ago. And here in the bizarre world, it's, this appraiser thinks it's the same value it was appraised at two years ago. Crazy. Wow. Crazy. That's just a mess. And, I mean, and, that, and that's, that, that's unprofessional, basically, because, my gosh, I mean, so much has changed in two years in terms of property valuations. Right. And you have, you know, the people with the with the price point, you know, secured the mortgage at that price point and willing to pay that. And like I've said before, we've had numerous offers on these properties over asking price and it doesn't appraise by two hundred thousand dollars because that's what the appraisal was two years ago was two hundred thousand dollars less. Imagine that. It's it's crazy. You know, wow. Um so, you know, it's funny how some appraisals are coming in over than you would expect, and other ones are coming in way lower and, and going back to appraisal points that were two years old. You know, that's not today's market. Today's market, there's five offers over asking. Crazy. It really is pretty wild. And, and I, you know, I, I just love, because I think you're the, the best at it, I love to find out what's happening with condominiums let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk condominiums i went out on a limb when the new year began and as our audience knows we we really have um these great focused 
hours that we do with mortgages with Jim Alamut, real estate at large. And of course, it crosses over because Joe has to deal with mortgages and you don't get a closing without a client that can you know, apply and approve, have a mortgage approved. So it's, it's all it's, it's, it's very much you know, crossover stuff. But we said early on in a program with Jim Alamon and I, I said, you know what? When I saw that Surfside Florida condominium partial collapse, I thought this is just a game changer because they start to bring up the condition of the foundation. Is there ocean salt and this and corrosion and this and that kind of damage? And and of course, how is that any different than Atlantic City or the, the, the entire coastline. How would that be any different? It's not. And that this, I don't know what it meant, but I knew it was a game changer. Then all of a sudden this form comes out. And I, and Jim Alamut gave me a copy of the form. And Joe knew all about it. Um, we had a conversation about it as well. And I said, well, who the hell is going to want to sign that thing? You're signing like when's the last time it's been structurally inspected? And all, the, I mean, I wouldn't want to sign that thing. And so I then posed the question out loud and wrote a piece at WPGTalkRadio.com and on the app, uh, one and the same, about, hey, what does this mean? And then we, we did the, um, the, the, the series on the Ocean Club, which was extremely well read. We did one or two pieces on Surfside. We did a piece on how Atlantic City was specifically brought up by name as an area where there would be exactly the same type of potential stuff going on and then i remember posing the question to joe hey is this gonna like gum up the work slow you know slow walk everything because this form could be either a routine thing and it's no big deal and it just gets done and the property manager or whoever their lawyer or whoever fills out this thing and sends it in or this is going to be deal breakers and slow, you know, walking in terms of being able to close. Let's get an update from Joanne, what this has meant now that we're basically almost a full four months into the new year. And this new form took effect at the very beginning of this year. So that's the preamble. Joe will give us her expert uh, testimony next. Uh, it's Joanne Daly for all of your real estate needs. Uh, don't do as I say, do as I already do. Turn to Joanne Daly, who not only is official uh, and exclusive on this program, but also for me and my family personally. The office is at 5321 Atlantic Avenue, but you can give Joe a call at any time. And Joe will go to work for you and the Joe Daly team. 609-513-8969. 609-513-8969. The Joanne Daly Remax Platinum Properties of Ventnor Radio Program continues on the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 23 minutes past the hour. If you get a moment uh, on your app, the WPG Talk Radio app, if you haven't downloaded it, download it. It's safe. It's free. It's easy iPhones, just go to your, um, you know where to go to the App Store. And if you have an Android phone, go to your Android Marketplace. Type in WPG. I think by the time you put T-A-L before that even will pop up, you'll see the logo of the station. Uh, download it. Download it with confidence. It's a great tool. And it has all the audio and the digital content of WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I have just published during the break. A story about Atlantic City Board of Education bringing back uh, – it, it was almost like a monster movie to me. And I talk about these examples all the time. It was like, it was like a monster movie. Uh, my first four years as a broadcaster, there was a rather controversial superintendent at Atlantic City. And guess what? He's back. And we have the story. Check it out on your app or at WPGTalkRadio.com. Truth is stranger than fiction. You cannot make this stuff up. And also only in Atlantic City. Back to Joanne Daly. Joe, Joe, I had my piece. I said my piece about this whole new form that you have to, like, swear to, to gods known and unknown that the um, the building has been inspected and when has it been inspected and all these things. How is that working out in the world of condominiums? Well, it's funny. Um, I kind of dubbed this form the condo health disclosure um, because it's getting confused often with the regular short or long form that lenders need to send out to condos that, you know, go into all their financials, their demographics that make it a lendable uh, building because, you know, if it's you know, too heavily rented, they won't they won't lend on it, those kinds of there's a regular form that gets filled out for that. So in addition to that is this newer what I call the condo health disclosure, um, that deals a lot with the structural issues, the engineers reports, those kinds of things. And it's it's gone back and forth like a ping pong with a a number of buildings. Well, we filled that form out. No, you didn't. You filled out the original form. There's an additional form and it goes back and forth and who's going to fill it out. It's still been um, a problem per se. There's no, and, and it's not that they can just fill it out like rubber stamp it. This is the same thing we filled out a month ago. They have to constantly update it. So it's a bit tricky and time-consuming, and property managers and the property management companies go back and forth whose responsibility it is to fill it out. Um, You know, I know the government, you know, we're from the government, we're here to help is rather oxymoronic, but why didn't they just make that clear? Like, this is the responsibility of X. Because anytime you have a thing where two people can be pointing their fingers at each other, then all you have is delay. But, you know, having said all this, I I personally know uh, and I professionally know, and as your broadcasting partner, we can talk about it with confidence. You are closing condominium deals. And, Joe, you've closed multiple deals. Correct. Correct. And I'll tell you, um, I've probably 
have been a thorn in someone's side because I have to stay on top of it to get it done, that this is unacceptable. You can't leave people, sellers and buyers, in limbo while these forms are getting, you know, tossed back and forth. Um, so I have to be a little relentless as to following up with where it is. It's not like something, of, oh, well, well, we'll just wait. There's 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 time constraints because people have rate locks that they want to get their mortgage locked in, in in a timely fashion so that the rates don't go up on them while they're in this process. So it's there's so many facets that go into securing a property um, inspections and paperwork wise that things have to happen timely, you know, and, and otherwise there's consequences where, you know, the buyer's rate locks aren't there. And, you know, we're waiting back and forth for, you know. The- and, and Joe, I don't want to blame it on the inanimate object, you know, the paperwork, the form. But is this form killing certain deals? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we're conceding it has delayed some. Then ultimately they close. And in some cases, I know one particular example, it didn't really delay it that much. A couple days, maybe a week, I forget. Uh, but not that much. But in some cases, if it doesn't get done, it could knock a deal, you know, on its side, right? It, it, it did. I had one buyer uh, whose lender would not approve the loan because of it. And so that buyer landed up having to go find cash to make the deal happen, which he did. So it didn't totally kill the deal. It just caused a lot of problems to kind of restructure the deal. We had, of course, had to extend it because we had to allow a little bit of time for him to try to, you know, go another route. And it would have been another lender or cash. And he he chose cash because the lender part of it was, you know, he had enough of that going back and forth with this form. (laughs) And then that takes that whole form out of play. Now, I don't know if this is true or it's not, but I think that I know that you will condominiums seem unless it's just an outlier that i'm personally aware of seem that the appraisers of the condominiums and i imagine well i know this that they're the same ones that would appraise residential homes but have they caught on to the the rise in in value of condominiums more readily than they have some of the residential properties joe i would say somewhat and, and again, it's like, you know, it's 50-50 almost all the time because some are and some are there and they're seeing that rise and some are still coming in kind of on the low side. You now, know? if you're in a certain building, pick, pick, and we won't say anyone uh, because that's not right by name, but we'll pick one Atlantic City condominium building. If you start to see a certain rate in a building does it get more stable then in terms of the appraisals or can it even be up and down in the same building? It's generally up and down in the same building because of the, the variety of the views and the upgrades um, and the amenities. And also it's different appraisers that are doing the appraisals, right? Right, exactly. So you have different appraisers and, and sadly some of these appraisers because of, um, the situation with that happened in you know 2007 or whatever. So appraisers, they're pulling appraisers from out of the area. So we, we're seeing appraisers who have no idea of our demographics of, of our buildings here, how attractive one building is maybe over another. Yeah. 
Um, just and you can see that between prices and amenities, you know. Um, yeah, I mean that that's rather important product knowledge to have before you go all in and and say what something is worth. Joe, it's thirty one minutes past the hour. Let's get our halftime break in. And fortunately, we have the six extra minutes before my friend Brian Kilmeade takes over the WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five Airways. Uh, Joe, I have two questions for you when we come back, and and, and I know you're going to knock them both out of the park. And I think they're going to be fun questions. The first question is, is now a good time to sell your home or your property? And my follow-up question to that is, is now a good time to buy a home? When we come back with Joanne Daly, the official, the exclusive real estate professional for the Hurley in the Morning program, and I'm proud to say also for the Hurley family personally. And Joanne appears on the fourth or fifth Thursday of every month. It's the fourth Thursday, and there's, I think, I don't know, three times during the um, this 2022 year where there's five Thursdays. So when there's five Thursdays in a month, Joe has the choice of the fourth or the fifth, and she makes that call. But it's in the 9 o'clock hour, and you know, you know because I hear all the time how much you enjoy Joanne's expertise and her on-air just likability. The Joanne Daly team, Remax Platinum Properties of Ventnor, 5321 Atlantic Avenue in Ventnor. It's beautifully appointed. It's a wonderful, well-kept, beautiful property. I love Joe's office. It's so, so well-maintained. It's classy. It's elegant. And so is Joe. 609-822-3300. That's the main number if you'd like to put that in your smartphone. Uh, notice I didn't say Rolodex. Because I'm very young. I don't know what Rolodex means. Jo- Joanne is very young. She doesn't know what Rolodex means either. Uh, and Joanne's hotline, special phone number, and she encourages you to use it, 609-513-8969. 609-513-8969. If you're buying, if you are selling, if you are renting, I unconditionally endorse and request that you reach out to Joanne. You'll be very pleased to do so. And I, of course, will not miss this opportunity today. After these two questions that we just telegraphed, I'd love to get into Joe's forecast of summer 2022, the rental scene. How are things going? If you have a real estate question during Joe's time on air, and we took a ton last month, I didn't put the number out yet this hour, 609 407-1450. Back with Joanne Daly in just a little bit. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the Morning right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's Talk Station. Thank you, Sean Hannity. 38 minutes past the hour. Reminder, wake up early in the morning. It's good for you. It's like a magic elixir, I promise. And then drive home with Sean Hannity. Uh, And in between, it's also awesome. Kill meat after me. And then... uh, you have uh, this wonderful program that Chris Coleman selected that I, I honestly, I, I just admit when I'm wrong, I, I, I didn't know. Uh, but Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins, terrific, fit in beautifully. And then, of course, after Sean, Mark Levin, and on and on and on, and then back to uh, to us right after a little dash of first light. 
which is right after uh, Red Eye Radio. Joanne Daly is here. We visit monthly with the Joanne Daly team at REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor. You can reach Joe for all of your real estate needs. 609-513-8969. Now, I have two very probative questions on the table. One is, is it a good time to sell your home or your property? And then, of course, it begs the question, uh, is it a good time to buy your home or a vacation home or a property, investment property? But before we get to that, and then I, I do want to talk about the summer rental market. It's going to go real quick from here. Uh, but Bob has a question for Joe. Bob, Hello, you're Harry. on the air. How you doing? Great, great. Hi, Joe. Harry. Hey, look, uh, it's not really a question I have, although, you know, Joe, you can absolutely want you to comment on it. But but my uh, my feeling about selling real estate is that yes, absolutely, you should sell now. Uh, I I think we're at the pinnacle of this this great great appreciation we've had in real estate. And I'll, I'll tell you, my my you know I've got quite a few investments in in a the second highest zip code in Florida, okay, on Gasparilla Island, and. W- we're starting to see, I mean, we, we've had unprecedented appreciation there, like like double values have doubled in the last year. But now, now, just recently, we've seen some price reductions down there. And, and you know, coupled with the economy here, I, I don't know if you saw it, Harry, in the last quarter, uh, apparently a, a big surprise came in. The, the economy contracted 1.4%. I just get the feeling, and, and that we are we we are looking at, at at a stagflation situation similar to the late seventies. Uh, that is not good. Eventually, that I think is going to bring real estate down. And and you know, I again, I I don't want to be a an alarmist here. There, there's there's an argument on the other side on the other side too. We've got high inflation, building costs are huge right now yep. in some areas you're looking six seven hundred dollars a square foot even a thousand dollars a square foot crazy numbers but you know it just i just have i've just got the feeling that that yeah uh if you're if you're thinking about selling i i i mean i'm 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 actually in, in my situation, I think I'm going to reduce pricing a little bit on a couple of properties I'm, I'm, that I have cur- I currently have for sale because I I think I've, I I want to. It's time to to start cashing out, in my opinion. Let's see what Joe, panic, Bob, Bob. Not, before you go, I hear you. Not panic. That's just that's your take. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts about what Bob had to say? Well, I tend to agree with him. I really do because we've had this appreciation climb to a certain point that we're at now and we are seeing price reductions and some of them i think are reflective of the market some of them i think were the fact that a lot of them were overpriced people were trying sellers were trying to be greedy in in a seller's market by by the way if we're surfing like in the what do they call it you're in the tube or whatever that is and oh my god did he get wiped out or she 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 get wiped out no she came out and then you come out the other side uh i checked uh right before we went on air with joe the ponderosa is up again another four percent 
Uh, so that's the last 30 days. So if we're if we're sensing something here that we're talking about, it's newer than new because the newest data still shows properties rising, Bob. Harry, I, you know, I'm, I'm going back long ways in this this game with real estate. OK, in 2000. Six, two, well, I'll go. It, it was say 2008 was when it really crapped out. Well, it did. And in 2007, though, there were indicators. Market was still good. Okay, there were indicators that 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 made people be cautious. And and you know, Harry, I'm I'm not buying anything right now. And I I'll just give you an example of the frenzy that's going on. Last few weeks, I was down in Florida. There was I had an opportunity to buy a property that was clearly under undervalued, given given the the, the situation there. Right? Uh, turned out I was bidding against a friend of mine. Okay, and the the, the seller was triangulating. Okay, she was taking my bid, and and you know it was. It, but what what we both realized, and you know again I. I <laughs> situation you don't find very often but you know you find you talk to the fellow you're bidding against right what happened here was that that my my friend of mine who you know this fellow was really good to me in business and i really you know it's it just a situation where i didn't really want to bid against him he didn't want to bid against me right but anyway what was what was going on he had a verbal agreement with this seller and when you have a verbal agreement, in my in my opinion, it's as good as a written agreement, just from a moral perspective. And you know, we both decided we were not going to reward this seller. Okay, so anyway, it turns out this market, the market there was so crazy, we both kind of withdrew from this process. Turns out this woman, when she put it on the MLS, because it wasn't on the MLS. And again, she had an agreement with with this buddy of mine. Well, she, as soon as it went on the MLS, it went for listing. It went for the list price. As soon as it went on that very day, and and she sold it for half a million dollars more than she agreed agreed to with my friend. So it just it's crazy. So right, but I'm, that's the whole point. So you're forecasting where we might be heading to. But that just told you right then and there, the market is still hot as can be. It is, Harry, but but I think you're saying it's hot, but 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 be cautioned. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Harry, it's it's I, I just do not get a good feeling about this. All right. Hold on, Bob. I've, I've got to get the last break in. I know Joe was just about to say more about this as well, Joe. So the second we come back from the break. Uh, your opportunity to continue your thoughts about what what you just heard and what you uh, wanted to say to begin with. With Joanne Daly, I am early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Bob, if you want to hang around, your mic is still, um, well, you're on hold now, but your mic will be on as well. 
WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's Talk Station. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Hey, a lot of you know that I learned how to use a firearm when I was 11 years old. I've been practicing my entire life, and people ask me all the time, Hannity, what kind of gun should I get? Well, now I'm telling them, go to Henry Repeating Arms. And I always tell them to start just by going to their website, henryusa.com. You're going to get a free catalog. Now, Henry has over 200 models of rifles and shotguns to choose from. They're made with the finest craftsmanship I've ever seen. And you don't beat their performance. Every one I have was accurate right out of the box and reliable ever since. Their company motto is made in America or not made at all. They have a lifetime warranty, family-owned business. And these folks are true patriots who give back to our military, our vets, our first responders, sick kids, you name it. They support gun safety, and they support our Second Amendment. So if you're in the market for a high-quality American-made firearm, just go to HenryUSA.com. You get their free catalog, list of dealers, and free decals, HenryUSA.com. You'll love this company. This is Hurley in the Morning. Ah, Harry Hurley. That is a great name. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you for noticing, Michael Toscano, First Light, the program that uh, is immediately before Hurley in the Morning. That's the nationally syndicated talk radio personality, Michael Toscano. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I'm Hurley in the Morning with Joanne Daly, the official, the exclusive, she's awesome, official real estate expert for the Hurley in the Morning program for the Hurley family. Personally, to reach Joe for all of your real estate needs, buying, selling, renting, we're going to get into all this in the final segment, 609-513-8969. All right, Joanne, the time is yours. It's your show. What are your What's your take on all of this? Well, it's kind of interesting, like what Bob was saying is, you know, here's sellers who want to make a deal and they're willing to offer it to somebody, you know, at a certain price. You know, if it doesn't go their way, they put up on the market. And before you know it, somebody's snatching it up at a premium price, you know, and, I, and I've seen that a lot, actually. Um, so I do agree. It is a time to sell. Um, it's. You know, everything, what goes up must come down. But I don't think the prices will ever come down to where they were two years ago. You know, they were so deflated to begin with after everything that kind of happened in our area. And I'll just say that for our area. You know, I mean, we were climbing out of, you know, Sandy and elections and casinos closings. We had such a deflated market then yeah we had we had a depression i mean while the the country had a great recession we had a depression we had the highest unemployment rate in america we had the highest home foreclosure rate in america right here atlantic city atlantic county new jersey so joe you could not be more on point with that analysis so what does this mean relative to what we're putting on the table so we're in agreement. It's a good time. To, it's probably a great time to sell, right, Joe? Right. It yeah. is because the inventory is so low, so and the prices are are high. Um, now, is it a good time to buy? That's it. And all these, all these have like caveats. Like it's a good time to sell if you have some place to go. If it's an investment property that you're not going to be homeless, you know, it depends if that works for you to sell. You know, Joe, let me torture chicken and the egg, because if it's a good time to sell because prices are high and, and all this, 
uh, and people are buying what people are selling, then what does that say to the other side of the coin? Uh, is it a good time to buy? Well, and that's the flip side. It's, it is if you find what you're looking for, and that's really tricky for a lot of buyers because there's not a lot of inventory. And it's a good time to buy only because there's no inventory. You know, if you, and people look at this, they look projections, like where do I want to be? If they're renting, I don't want to rent another year. I don't want to keep paying somebody else's mortgage. I, I need to get into a home. They can't. You know, there's no, there isn't the inventory. But if they are lucky and they secure a home by having the highest bid, the best bid, and they get in, then it's good. They're actually in there. It would have been better last month when the rates were a little bit lower. But can the rates keep going up? Sure. Sure. You know, you don't know what it's going to be. Well, you we know, we so kind of do, though, because Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve Board has built in, according to Chuck Malamut, and Chuck is always right, and he has said it, so um, it, it's not guesswork here. We still have, they're going to start to raise 50 basis points at a time, and there's going to be something like 200, 250, maybe even 300 more basis points. Uh, so I would I would expect... And I'll draw from my experience as a former vice president of an international bank, and we did mortgages uh, quite regularly, uh, that will not be passed on each percent one-to-one. But I would imagine that rates are headed beyond 6%. Yeah, absolutely. And what what, what absolutely. does your experience tell you, Joe? What will that mean to the real estate market? Oh, more of the same, more more of what we have, you know, where, um, and I'll say like first time home buyers are kind of getting knocked out of the market. Um, the FHA loans are hard to, hard to put forth that they're not winning properties because about the, um, inventory so low, um, you have to be in there with 20% down, if not sometimes 25% down. You know, so it's making it very difficult for first-time home buyers, for FHA buyers, for VA buyers um, to jump in the market. Bob, closing comment from you on the topics on the floor, and then I want to end the program with Joe on the rental market. So uh, closing comment, Bob. Well, just real quick, nobody's got a crystal ball. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> if you did, you know, yeah. life would be really easy. So, you know, it... it, it I, I just think it's a very good time now, and I agree with everything Joanne said. We're, we're not going to have a collapse at all in real estate. Uh, this is not like 2008 or nine. Uh, however, uh, given the frenzy that I've seen, given the economic difficulties that we're looking at, I think it really is is very wise if you are ready to sell. Think about selling to absolutely go for it. And let me ask you one more thing, Bob, because it's not it's not. I don't mean it to be unfair because it's not my style, and I don't think it is unfair. If you were not in a bidding war and and you're very smart when it comes to real estate and you knew that that price was under market value, if you were not in a bidding war, you would have bought that Florida property, correct? Correct. Yeah, no, I, I, would, I would have had that. In fact, Harry, I could have had that property uh, and, and just flipped it during the, the due diligence period, which was about three three weeks, made half a million dollars. 
Okay. <laughs> that's that's what would have happened. You're a good man. But, you know, I I did not I didn't want did not want to go for it because uh, it, it would have been morally incorrect because I really my this friend would have you know it it you just don't do that. I I really had a, a you know a good relationship with this fellow. He treated me well. I couldn't do that. You're a good so man. That was a deal. Uh, keep keep my favorite room in Cape May warm. I'll I'll be seeing you soon. <laughs> All right, Harry. All right, my friend. Thank you. Take, Take care. care. Bob on real estate, he's uh, very, very good. That was a lot of fun. That conversation was dynamic. It was fun. Uh, let's go to the rental market, Joanne, because the last couple of summers, I mean, I'll use the term psychedelic. I don't mean it like the 60s psychedelic. I'm not talking about mushrooms or anything you know, like that. Uh, but what I mean is it's been wild. The, the, the prices – uh, again, the lack of um, of available product, if you will. What does uh, I'll use the term that, that Bob used, crystal ball. What does your real estate crystal ball say for summer twenty twenty two rental? Well, it's 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 kind of interesting because the rentals have done a they took on a different turn, and a lot of that has to do with the Airbnb and the VRBOs that are available. So, and, and, and now that we're out of COVID and people are not all working from home, I'm kind of curious really what's going to happen with the rental market. Like it was, it was bang in the last two years because people could work from home. They, they got a summer place. They spent all summer here working and from home, but now people have to go back to work and it's a little bit different where I don't see so much like I used to see the last two years in the past, the rentals being scooped up January, February, March. Now we still have some available, which I'm kind of curious. I mean, is this is this evidence of a quasi return to normal in that sector of your market? Somewhat, but it's not normal because even Normally, we would have, I think, more rentals going on than we're doing right now. And I think it's because of the Airbnb market, because people are constantly calling me for week rentals, which we're not a big weekly rental market here. And most people prefer to use the Airbnb for those rentals where they only want two weeks here or a week in August there. We're not that kind of market here. Are are we still the kind of rental market that if and I'll, I'll just throw out I'll throw out Atlantic City, Down Beach, Ocean City, this this kind of thing. And if you're quasi near the beach, the the ocean, for example, are they still commanding these many many thousands of dollars for uh, May to September? This kind of thing is that still red hot? Yes, they are. Like that market, you know. A regular home, you know, and I think we have a three-bedroom, two-bath home, three blocks to the beach, you know, running 15000 for a season or so. Wow. You know, you can average four to $5,000 a month, say. Um, Amazing. So they're still out, and it's different. Like, some people want that so that they're, they're, they have a home base for the whole summer, and maybe they'll go back and forth and commute. And the kids and mom can stay at the house while dad works. Those kinds of scenarios are still out there. But Airbnb put a big, those short-term rentals, and there's plenty of homes that were bought up to do that. 
for that specific purpose. But you do have a lot of municipalities. I think, for example, Atlantic City is kind of difficult with Airbnb. It may be difficult, could be overstating, but uh, some municipalities are pretty tough on the uh, the Airbnb, aren't they? Yeah, well, they're trying to limit the amount of them because there's an, an abundance of them. And then that sort of tends to reduce the regular residence property values. So they're trying to have a good balance. I mean, we are a resort area, so we definitely want people to come and, you know, patronize our restaurants and casinos and our entertainment venues. You know, so we are a resort area, but we are a year-round residential area as well. So they have to try to monitor how many licenses I think they'll issue, you know, to protect the neighborhoods as well. Um, this is this has been a, a, just a privilege. It's been a pleasure, um, and it has flown by so quickly. Two minutes closing comment. Well, closing comment. Um, yes, as you're thinking about selling, give me a call. We we need inventory. We have buyers that have no homes. Wow. Looking for homes constantly. Um, luckily, I do have a new uh, two bedroom, one bath condo coming on the market this weekend. That will be a block and a half to the beach. So give me a call. 609-513-8969. 609-513-8969. This is a little tricky. We've got about a minute. This is this is this is brutal stuff. Great time to sell, but when you sell, what's the plan for where you live next? Right. That is the trick. Right. I, I know so many people that say, oh, my gosh, I can make so much money right now. But then they say, but where am I going to live? Right. Right. I have a few clients that way are sitting on the fence and they thought they could rent. And the rental markets are tough because the year round rental markets are as tight, if not tighter than the housing market. And those prices are going up, They're too, correct? Extremely high. Extremely high. What What does your experience experience tell you, Joanne? Is this several years before supply and demand uh, release this 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 stranglehold? Uh, what do you think about like when is this? This it was never the case before. If you wanted to buy something, you didn't always win, but you won the next one. Or the but what do you think about the? Is this a long term? issue or is this something that will just work out 30 seconds left in the hour i think it's going to eventually even out i i I see that kind of like like bob and i were talking about like there's sort of like you can see price reductions happening those kinds of things that are going to even out the appraisals are going to come up to where they should be and i think it's going to even out um i don't think it's going to be anytime soon I think we may have a good year of this again, um, but depending on what the rates do, you know, that's going to affect somewhat. But the inventory, there's just very little inventory because yeah. there's very little place for other people to go. Exactly. Joanne, I love doing the program with you uh, until we meet again. Have a great day. Sounds good. You too. Thank you. Joanne Daly, the Joanne Daly team, REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor, 609-513-8969. 24 hours ago, 